Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, what will it take to slay the motherhood myth? We talk to Liz Lenz about her new book, Belabored. Plus, Liz could get used to Teresa stopping by. Woo! Thank you for your show and um, for your communities. I want to thank the, you know, all of One Bad Mother and the One Bad Mother online communities that have been bringing me uh, such joy and strength over the past six and a half months. Um, I also wanted to give a compliment to your local librarian. Um, our uh, library, once they reopen, they, you know, they reopened slowly with, um, you know, you could call and request, but they also did something called grab bags where you tell them what you like, you tell them what you don't like, you tell them what you've read, you tell them what you're looking for, and they will, they carry a bag of five books for you to pick up, um, you know, contactless pickup. And I did that wonderful, like super wonderful. So today I went to the library to pick up just the regular books that I had ordered. And I was a few minutes early before they opened. So I decided to grab a coffee from the coffee shop next door. And while I was there, I decided to get a gift card to give to my local librarian because they are doing such a great job in this pandemic, um, you know, helping to, you know, keep our minds working, um, keep our kids engaged. Um, they'll help, you know, one thing that they'll do, especially for those of us who have kids who are readers, our kids will get stuck in a rut of the same books, and they'll help branch the kids out um, beyond what we can find on our own. So I just wanted to tell all the librarians out there that you guys are doing such a great job. Um, so thank you all. Um, and Biz, thank you. Teresa, thank you for taking uh, your time with your family and for all the joy you've given us over the years. That's it. All right. Have a great day. Oh, my God. I love you. <laughs> this is this is so nice. Thank you for checking in and wooing with me. And what a great check-in because you're taking care of yourself by using the library as well as getting yourself a coffee because you were there early. And I am with you on the wooing and thanking librarians. And what a nice idea just to grab a gift card while you were already treating yourself to a cup of coffee. I think that is such a nice thing. I, <laughs> yay. Thank you for sharing that check-in. I'm just going to take that and go right into thank yous, and I will start with librarians. I agree. I love that your library is doing these sort of uh, curated grab bags. I think that is a delight. We just recently got books from our library with our contactless pickup. <laughs> and of course, both kids just read all their books the same day. And I was like, eh, we need to set up some sort of like 24-hour, like space them out. Can we just return them right away? They're not challenging books that the children are... <laughs> picking out and that's okay long as we're reading 
So thank you to all the librarians and all the creativity that you are bringing to making it work for your communities. Uh, thank you to all essential workers. You are the best. And there's just not one type of essential worker every day. I've been saying it for months. Every day, it becomes more and more apparent that is that there are a lot of essential workers out there doing all types of work that is essential to keeping us all healthy and moving and running and working. So thank you to healthcare workers. You know who I'm talking to, all of you, regardless of what you do in the healthcare industry. Thank you. Thank you to teachers. Teachers, oh my God, it is so much on you right now. I mean, just the fact that in many cases, you are seeing inside our unorganized, sometimes unhelpful houses. That's a lot that you have to bear witness to on top of helping kids of different ages, like navigate what they need. I, you know, I mean, every day I hear a kid in the class who doesn't have the worksheet or doesn't have their supplies or, you know, just wants to talk about nothing in the middle of class or is having an emotional meltdown. That would be coming from this house. You know, Ellis is expressive. And I think there's a whole new level of feeling it over a Zoom rather than in your classroom. And I just, I just really appreciate you, teachers, principals, school nurses, all of you. All of you are doing amazing. And congratulations to those who have returned to in-person learning. I hope that it is going well. Thank you to all those who are making that as safe as possible for families. If you are still remote learning, thank you for keeping us remotely learning. You are amazing. Guys, the election is coming. Big special thank you to all the poll workers and for voting. You and you. Thank you. Go out there. Vote early. If you can, make sure you, there are so many resources on everything you could possibly need to know about voting right now. You cannot like blink without finding it. And if you're totally lost, you can even just go to Stephen Colbert because he has created an entire website about voting in your state. So you don't even have to like Figure it out through your own local government if you don't want to. <laughs> Stephen Colbert will help you. Isn't isn't life funny? So thank you for being essential. Your vote is essential. Now I'm going to say what else is essential, and that is uh, Teresa. I she is so essential to me, and I'm so glad that she is stopping by again later today to do some genius and fails and rants. That makes me very happy. And uh, otherwise, I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh, my God. This week was one of those weeks where my brain says, I can't believe we're doing this again. <laughs> I cannot believe it. This is not believable. Why are we doing this again? It is. It is. It is crazy town. Somebody recently 
did a article on parents needing help and it was very nice they did a shout out to one bad mother in it but like the bottom line was do not come to a parent and say you need self-care you need to come to a parent and say how can i help you everybody should be treating all parents and each other as if it is the first six weeks that a kid entered your house we are all tired and uh stretched to the max you are all doing an amazing job. I'll just kick the show off with that because you are. And this is really hard. And as we have talked about a lot recently, it is particularly falling uh, disproportionately on mothers in the house. And I think that that is going to lead us uh, into... Uh, what we're going to talk about today with our guest, Liz Lenz, and her new book called Belabored, A Vindication of the Rights of Pregnant Women. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are talking to Liz Lenz, who is the author of Godland and a columnist for the Cedar Rapids Gazette and contributing writer for the Columbia Journalism Review. Her work has also appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, Huffington Post, and Pacific Standard, among other publications. Her newest book is Belabored, A Vindication of the Rights of Pregnant Women. Welcome, Liz! Thank you so much for having me on. I am so honored to be on one of my favorite podcasts that got me through the post-birth period of my second child. Second children are something. (laughs) They will mess you up. Oh, I had a whole therapy session today. (laughs) Just dedicated to number two. But we are not going to derail into that. We are going to start with who lives in your house? The people who, the people and beings yes. that live in my home are um, a little dog named Jolene. Oh, Jolene. 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 Yes. She's our pandemic puppy who honestly we should have gotten a long time ago. Okay. Lean into the pandemic yeah. puppy, I, I say. Um, and then a cat waffles. And then I have an older girl who's nine and a boy who is seven. Wow. We have similarly aged children. But as always, who cares? Let's talk about Jolene and waffles. (laughs) Yes. So Jolene is my third baby. Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I really had a hard time, like, well, uh, like after the second I knew it was enough yeah. but I also just really wanted another baby like a crazy oh, person that happened and I would like talk to my therapist and I would be like is this normal for like people who are getting divorced to want another baby and she's like no that's not normal at all yeah. don't do that don't by the way and so when I decided to get a puppy like a friend was adopting a dog and was like there's one left in the litter and I was like 
And I was like, oh, I should think about this. But then I remembered I'm the only adult in this house and I can do whatever I want. Yes. And I don't have to think about it. I can just get a puppy if I feel like a puppy. <laughs> and so I like immediately messaged her and was like, be right over to get that puppy. <laughs> and and then I was gonna and then I was gonna give this puppy all the baby names oh, yeah. that I had in reserve. Oh. And that's when I realized I needed to go talk to my therapist for a second. <laughs> All right. I am going to set everybody up for this uh, book, your new book that we're going to discuss. Hannah brought it to me before I even describe it. Hannah brought it over to my house and socially distanced, you know, threw it at me. And I opened it and started looking through it. And I was like, oh, boy. And Hannah goes, I love it is my, I said, thank you for bringing this book. And she said, I love bringing you something I know is going to get you all riled up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yay. So for those of you who were not on my porch that day, Belabored, A Vindication of the Rights of Pregnant Women. This is a book in which you explore the cult of motherhood, the lack of trust in women to regulate their own bodies, and losing your identity as a self, and instead being seen as only a vessel. I'm right there with you. You dedicate this book to your children who, quote, ripped up my vulva on their way into the world. And I I knew we would be friends. I would like to just start with getting into this book. How did you take us through? Because you, you share a lot in this book about your own personal experiences. And I think they play a really big part into your journey into writing this book. So if you are willing, I mean, you put it in a book, so too late. Can you talk to us a little bit about what led to this book? Right. So in about, it was, it was like 2016-ish, so <laughs> prior to the election, mm -hmm. I had sold a book on religion in the Midwest. And um, because I the, the, my one good take of 2016 was, hmm, something's going on with religion yes. in America. Maybe we should talk about it. And around that time, I had also been trying to sell this other book that was about, like, modes of womanhood. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up, like, fundamentalist, evangelical, wearing jean skirts in Texas. And my family is not that anymore. That book was supposed to be like, of oh, the journey yeah. of womanhood or whatever. Um, <laughs> nobody wanted it. And Keep I had... Keep your jean skirts to yourself, Liz. <laughs> yeah, they were like, they were like, I had an editor say, well, the, the religious editors were like, this isn't holy enough. And then the um, and then the more secular. It's not really secular, no. but you know the the non-religious. Yeah, the others, <laughs> the others were like nobody cares about religion. <laughs> dun dun dun. Right. Ominous music. But I did have an editor because at the time I was writing this series for Jezebel mm -hmm. about like weird myths and how what they reveal about what we think about mothers and and the the female body. 
And she was like, so I can't sell this book to my team, but I want this book. I want this to be a motherhood book. Yeah. And so so she and I worked together. We put together this proposal and it sold in the in the early days of 2017. I bet. And I had two books then to write, one on religion in America and the other on motherhood in America. I didn't realize both were going to be failing institutions. <sighs> In wow. 2020, but in the process of writing both books, um, my marriage fell apart. I'd been married to a Republican who turned into a Trump supporter, and that you know that's kind of a that's kind of killer. That's a, yeah, that's a that is a relationship killer, especially if you are surrounding yourself with such heady and thought provoking topics as religion in America and. <laughs> women's bodies and myths about women in America, that could be hard to find some common ground. Well, we talk a lot about common ground in America, but I really just don't think there's compromise to be found on the rights and humanity of people. Uh, You either agree people are human and have human rights, or you don't. Right. And that's just not something I'm willing to be flexible. (laughs) What? You don't have like there's not a yoga move for that. <laughs> no, talk about the intolerant left, but like, oh, yeah. Sorry, I just like it's 2020. I don't think we should be debating a, a human's uh, basic humanity. Huh. It's time to move on. Okay, just like your marriage. Time to move on. Let's move it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep. it happens. It's a thing. It happens in America. Yeah. We should normalize it. I was once crying to a very beautiful uh, young person <laughs> who offends me with her beauty and talent just by existing. But I was like saying to her, I was like, and now I'm, you know, now I'm like a, you know, late 30s single mother living in the Midwest, you know, like that's not. And she goes, all that means in 2020 is that you have lived a life. And I was like, well, that's a spin. Thank you. Thank you, beautiful angel, for telling me that. I know. God. (laughs) So then when I sat down to write this book, my whole world had, the the premise that I had kind of based this book on had completely exploded. Mm. And I wasn't the same person. I wasn't the same mother I was. You know, I had gone from being a... A married white Midwest upper middle middle class Midwestern mom of two children, a boy and a girl, and then I and then I was like a, a single mom having my parents help me buy groceries, mm. and it was very it was very different. Yeah, um, and and I think and so I I actually went back to the editor and I was like I don't know if I can write this. Mm. And she was like, just sit down and write it. Please stop. And so we, 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 we reworked the outline. And then I did. I sat down and I wrote it. And it, it was written um, like most motherhood things um, between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Yep. Um, because then, I, you know, I was like working full time and trying to make money. And, and then at night I'd write this book, um, you know, after I put the kids to bed and... Um, so that's kind of how this book came to be. So yeah, I did put a lot of that in there because I thought that that was, I, I always feel like people should know where the author's coming from. And so I really just wanted to be transparent and say, you know, when we talk about the, the story of the story of parenthood yeah. is the story of a body. 
it's a fleshy story and it's a complicated story. And so I just wanted to be very transparent about, you know, my fleshy lived reality. Um, because I don't think we do anyone a service, you know, by like hiding it or pretending it's otherwise. But that's what all the stories are. Oh, right. So yeah. let's jump in to, to some of that. So you talk about power a lot in the book, especially as it relates to da, 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 our reproductive systems. You mentioned sav- several matriarchal societies in some historical African countries, and you contrast that with our European patriarchal societies, specifically around women's virginity and women's bodies. Let's just talk about some of those differences. Well, I think the interesting thing that I had discovered while reading this, and please, no sociologists get mad at me. I'm not trying to do your job for you. <laughs> um, but that I had discovered, you know, that there, that it's not, it's, it wasn't that rare, right, to have matriarchies. And, and in fact, before, like, the actual origins of reproduction were really understood, the, it was just a matriarchy because the, the mother's the only one you can really tell, you know, where the baby came from. Uh, <laughs> and because uh, literally, I know, I should like, explain this for your audience if they don't know it comes out of your vaginal canal. That's so right, that's not obvious. your nose, <laughs> um, right? Not your nose, yeah, yeah. And it's it surprisingly has very little to do with witchcraft. Mm, shocking. Yeah, but anyway, but continue. Also, yes, also a fact. Yeah. And so, and so, um, you know, so that's like, that's, you know, how power was because it lay in reproduction and the continuing of the species. And it wasn't that uncommon, but, you know, that whole like capitalist grab to seize the means of production, I think was was like it, it hit upon male vulnerabilities, especially when you're talking about Western European society where we had this like hierarchical structure with the Roman Catholic Church, you know, that controlled everything. And so we're coming out of the Dark Ages, you know, with the rise of the church. And there was this like concerted effort to 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 control birth and so birth was seen for so many centuries as this kind of like magical mystical thing and that women just kind of did it and men were kind of like cool we'll just send the corner you know and then and then controlling the rights of birth became controlling the means of birth became controlling purity because it's really it's really a racial construct like that whole idea of virginity is truly just about you know trying to make sure that the quote unquote right dna goes into the lady's body right it's it's Oof. it's a racism yeah. and so um you know it it comes now I'm just ranting, but then, you know, and then if you, but if you can see the origins clearly, it makes a lot more sense when you're trying to untangle yourself from it now in 2020, 
right? And so many people are stuck there, stuck here still. I mean, our society is still stuck here. Right now we're having this conversation around the Supreme Court nominee who opposes birth control, opposes abortion, is herself, you know, a deeply religious person who's had many children, which is not in and of itself a disqualifying aspect because you know the world is full of religious people god bless us all but the um but but how you exert that control and when it comes at a cost to another person's rights and autonomy that's when it's a problem okay i want to you said untangle and i want to i want to talk about that i want to let's talk about how as somebody who just got through going through all of the history take us through how that can help us with the untangling so I think the best example of the untangling um, that we can do in a short way, so we're not talking about this for 47 hours, is um, is when we talk about pain mm-hmm. and pain in childbirth. So for the longest time, you know, uh, beca- because of, and we're talking very Western here, just to be specific, um, because we we're talking about America, I couldn't talk about other countries. Um, that's not my lane. <laughs> For the longest time, pain was a woman's just punishment because of Genesis. And so, um, and, and literally, doctors believe that they're like, "You're in pain. Good. You deserve it. You're a woman. Like, should have thought about that before you <laughs> ate off the tree." And you know, woman's just like lying there in a pool of blood, being like, "I didn't eat anything." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little lady. Like, yeah, I just, just want a little help. lady. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, and so, but that, that's not, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that this was like an overriding mythology that governed how we did medicine. Yeah. And, um, you know, in fact, e- even in the early days of American history, Doctors were experimenting on enslaved women yes. with no pain medicine, no pain even medicine. the little that had been invented by then. Because one, there was the mythology about blackness uh, being, you know, somehow they don't, you know, there's no pain. There's no pain. Uh, which That's is, right. Which is obviously horrible. And uh, but then also double that down on the mythology of a woman. Well, not mm-hmm. only do you not experience pain, but if you do, you deserve it. And and so and so then enter in Twilight Sleep, which all these like wealthy white early feminists were like, hell yeah, Twilight Sleep. Like, let's knock ourselves out. We'll wake up. There will be a baby. And it was billed as like the rejection of the curse, Mm. which, you know, when I was writing that chapter on pain, I was like, yeah. It is like because I did the epidurals. I love them. I wish I had an epidural right now. I I wanted them, (laughs) and um, there's also some problems with that. Yes, it's not ever that easy, right? And um, but I what I thought the narrative was going to be was like medicine as liberation. But no, 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 no. Because this is where it gets more complex. Is because so sure if you're a rich white woman. Um, and you can go to a hospital and get some toilet sleep. That's great. Maybe if your husband's not an asshole 
and then, you know, doesn't like use it to give you a forced hysterectomy or whatever. But that's, but that's how it ended up becoming used was like then Twilight Sleep were that, that, um, that medicine was used to then give women of color, women who were deemed mentally unstable, mentally unfit, which could have literally been anything. Yeah, could right, that could like, literally have been opinions. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, Lord. I know. Um, She's crazy. She needs to be rested. Rest her. She needs to rest. Her mind is thinking. That's going to make her. She read two books. She's out of control. She read two books. She's unfit to mother. She's unfit. Yes. And so then then that tool of liberation became a tool of oppression. Mm -hmm. And we see that so often with white feminism. It's because we don't. If we don't understand the history, right. we don't understand how this is uh, being used, and we just only care about our own selves yeah. and our own liberation, and we're not interested in using it as a means for full liberation. But then, but then you know, like, and then there was like, there's that pushback in the '70s to be like, maybe medicine is actually kind of bad. Uh, that maybe it's actually kind of hurting women. Let's like let's go back to natural childbirth. Natural childbirth, as we all know, is a terrible way of saying terrible it. Terrible way of saying it and it. bullshit. But anyway, go ahead. It's, yes, <laughs> that's our footnote. Yeah. Um, but then, but then it was because for so many years, midwives in America had been uh, indigenous women, had been black women, had been immigrants, and then all of a sudden now midwives are coming out. Well, it's a white lady thing now. So it's, it's just, it's so complicated yeah. and so complex. And I wanted to make sure that that was all in there so we could see that, you know, as we move forward as a society and push for systemic change, and I hope we do, that we're making sure that that change is happening with an understanding of our history. And, you know, and it's looking at that change as change for all. All. I want to now t- talk about tropes. <laughs> these are these are always my favorite from my old women's studies days. Let's talk about all the different ways we like to tell women they are supposed to be. Mm, it's so fun right now, I think <laughs> in in this in this America, uh-huh. because there's so many ways we can trap you, right? Yeah. Like you're trapped. Um, if you, yeah, <laughs> if you choose, uh, one of my favorite quotes in the book came from an interview I did with Alyssa Master Monaco, who's lovely and wonderful, and uh, worked in the Obama White House. And she, you know, I was talking to her about her book and about her decision not to have children, which she talks very honestly about. And she was just like, you know, and I was telling her, I was like, I identify with a lot of the things you're saying. And she goes, well, that's a great thing. In America, you're fucked either way. Yeah. It's like, you don't have kids, you're screwed. You do have kids, you're screwed. That's right. So, okay, so here's, so we want to talk about some tropes. Yes. Love them. Um. <laughs> So, right, so there's the, the, you know, there's the, like, the perfect, like, Mm -hmm. you'd be, like, the perfect blonde curled mom Instagram mom. Yep. Or my favorite is the rejection of her. No, I'm the horrible mom, but look at me. I will show you my, I will show you my cellulite, but it's filtered. 
Filtered. It's still filtered, right? It's still filtered, and it's hashtag part of an ad campaign. And um, it's like, God, I love it. Um, the ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Women are beautiful. Humans are beautiful. Um, and so, so those are the tropes, right? You can, or you know, or then you choose, or not choose. And sometimes it's not a choice. Yeah. Um, for some reason, whatever, however, life shapes out for you. Maybe children are not the right fit for yeah. your space, your life, and then you don't have those, well, then you're shallow, selfish, and self-absorbed, as that uh, great essay collection that came out a few years ago yep. um, talks about. So um, you, you know, and then as a mother or a human being who is parenting, you know, should you choose to, I don't know, have a job, then mm. you're also selfish. Yep. You know, which I think we're f- seeing a lot in pandemic. It's oh, like, oh, really? You're not going to you don't want to sit and do Zoom school every day. Oh, then get, you know, like, oh, you actually want to do your job. Yeah. Selfish. Yeah. Selfish. Yeah. Right now it is. It is kind of too bright. The spotlight that is on it oh. right now. Yeah. And I, I just saw a study about how many women have dropped out of the workforce. Yeah, this is we. Just today on NPR, they were somebody had just come out with a study that was like one in four working mothers have or are planning to stop working. Like that's that's so many. Yes, and, and, and way fewer men, by the yeah. way. Um, and and that's the other thing that's getting me really bad. This is not a trope. I'm just going to veer a little bit. But, like, they'll be like, oh, it's a choice. Like, we yeah. have a choice. It's not really a choice. No, if you set up a society so there's no paid parental leave, so there's no mm-hmm. child care, and, but, oh, but you cannot live unless you have a two-income household. Yeah. And, oh, 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 now you have to do Zoom school, but there's no help because you can't get your parents sick because the parents are the last remaining help here and they're like please we're old and we want to be retired and you can't afford to anybody and if you're not a monster you don't really want anybody in your house anyway because you don't want them to get the COVID right and then it's like oh so so then the women who are like well I just chose to drop out you're like you didn't choose there's no choice. No one. And, then, and then you're. And then I mean, I know this isn't everybody. I know this isn't everybody. But your husband's in the other room with the door locked while you're sobbing trying to do kindergarten math. I know that is not a choice. Yes. Oh yes. Oh, are you in my house? Sorry. <laughs> I took. I took. I took house. your thing and I made it about my thing. That's nice. Like I, I like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Way to adapt. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Liz, we didn't talk about half the things that I was going to ask you about, but we've been talking a lot about just fun stuff in general. So I think we're going to have to have you back. Guys, I am going to tell you again, the book is Belabored, A Vindication of the Rights of Pregnant Women. Liz Lins, we're going to link everybody up to uh where they can get a copy and uh, yeah liz we'll we'll have you back on to keep talking about this stuff because it's fun and you're a delight and as are you thank you for writing this and hannah thanks for giving it to me so i could get all riled up (laughs) thank you hannah for riling up women everywhere
One Bad Mother is supported in part by Deserted, a small business taking gifting up a notch or more like 30 notches with custom dessert boxes that change lives. These boxes are so adorable. They come with hand-doodled cards. They say doodled, but it's it's actual artwork. It's beautiful. Um, and they're so personalized. They make you feel so special. And along with those hand-doodled notes are the tastiest desserts on the planet. And they have gluten-free options, which I really appreciate. Um, so these boxes are great for birthdays or anniversaries, just because, a care package. So nice during everything that we're going through right now. New for September, Deserted just launched a new dessert box subscription service. Literally desserts on your doorstep with a new super fun theme each month. October's theme is chocolate. (laughs) For 25% off, go to deserted.co slash badmother. That's 20% off at D-E-S-S-E-R-T-E-D dot C-O slash bad mother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206 206- Three five zero nine four eight five. Genius fail time. Oh, who is that? Who's here? <gasps> Genius me, Teresa. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I have a. A real straightforward genius this week. (laughs) Nothing special has happened by my own doing. But I did clean the fridge. Whoa. I mean, I really cleaned the fridge for the first time since things became crazy. And it was so bad. And I cleaned it so intensively. Like, I I mean, I took out every part of everything and, like, washed it in the sink. Like, that kind of thing. Like, all the shelves came out, the drawer, like, everything. Cleaned out the whole thing. Put all the food back in, like, sections. You know, I did it all in sections. Yeah. So so that I wouldn't lose anything. And we got some little organizers, too. Basically, our fridge is way too small for a family of five. And now that, like, everybody's been at home all the time, it's just become really, really unsustainable. But, like, the place where it fits in our house, like, you couldn't fit a bigger fridge there. So, like, we can't get a bigger fridge. We're just stuck with this fridge. And um, so now it's clean and it's more organized. So we're actually kind of able to see what's in there. And plus, I just like feel good every time I open the door because I feel like I, I'm a real person <laughs> with a real fridge and real food. And I, I know how to clean things. Yeah, those are four excellent things. Yeah, I, that's, that's actually really good because fridges oh, get disgusting. They really do. They get. Oh, yeah. There's 
some horrible things yes. that happen inside refrigerators. We had had spills that oh, yeah. people hadn't taken responsibility for Mm-mm. that we had just let yeah. go of. Sure. For a time in there. Yeah. Yeah. No. All kinds it, of things. The nice thing about a refrigerator is you could just close the door on that. That's right. And yep. not have to think about it until the next time. And right. by then you've put something in front of it. You have. So, and also you're hungry. So you're yeah. busy dealing with like preparing food. So you're not. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. are amazing. That is a very Thank good genius. You. Thanks, Biz. So last week was not my favorite week I've had. Mm. <laughs> it, just, mm-hmm. it, it was a hard week. Yeah. There was hard news. There were children that uh, aren't thriving in a pandemic situation there was uh, you know it's just yeah. on top of everything yeah. and you know and everything's just a big shit cake everything is so much more of a big shit cake than ever before yeah so, so. like each time it's like a little yeah. extra maybe it needs more sprinkles of garbage yeah. i don't know maybe yeah, yeah. so <laughs> enjoy that cake parenting uh, image anyway in the middle of Ellis standing uh, in my face and screaming at the absolute top of his lungs about something, but it was just all directed at me. He was so angry and yelling, and I started crying, and then I thought of beautiful flowers. And the next day, I left the house and went to like a garden center, right? I didn't have time to go to like a forest. There are no forests near me that are green they yeah. all are on fire yeah uh but i was like, gonna say no- we have forests, forests nearby just it's not burning. the one you want to <laughs> be in no nope. yeah. i just needed to be around nature so i went to the garden center and that was really nice because everything's like so beautifully tended at a garden center, yeah. right? And are you talking just, about like a place where you buy flowers? Yeah, like like a yeah, like arms, a nursery. Yeah, yeah, like a nursery. Yeah. And I went, and I went like first thing in the morning, so no one was there, and mm. I bought plants and pretty yeah. flowers that are not seasonally appropriate right now and <laughs> yeah. it's like 105 degrees so it, it's nothing yeah. can live right now right but i just watering them and keeping them in the shade until later uh, yeah. i can dig a hole yeah. and put them in it yeah and so i thought that that was a really good uh way to refocus some energy so good that's yeah. a that's a that's like a self-care move that i feel like we have never explored no going yeah. to yeah it's it's like going <laughs> to the international aisle in the grocery store when yeah. you like just really need to feel like you're somewhere else <laughs> yeah. yeah i thank love you. it thank good you job. thank you hi biz and Teresa. i'm calling with a genius um i have a four-year-old and a five-month-old baby and the five-month-old had been waking up consistently at 5 a.m., hungry and with a huge poop in his diaper for several days in a row. So I would change his diaper before feeding him, and he would be super noisy and crying, and he would wake up my four-year-old, who would then wake up my husband, and no one would go back to sleep. But I'll be up at 5 and tired the whole day. And that happened for several days in a row, and I would try feeding him first, then changing the poopy diaper, but he would still get upset at the diaper change and cry and make noise, and um, everyone would wake up super early for the day. 
So the other day, I had this stroke of genius. He woke up hungry. He had a huge poop. And I started to change his diaper, and he started crying. And I just decided to see if logistically I could reach down and breastfeed him while changing his diaper. And I did it. I actually breastfed my baby while changing his diaper. He was on the changing table, breastfed him while changing his diaper. He was quiet. He was eating. Um, he was happy. And afterwards, I moved to a chair and finished feeding him. And the real amazing part was he fell back to sleep, so I put him back to bed. And my four-year-old and my husband stayed asleep. And I got to get back in bed until my alarm went off. It was the best feeling. Um, and I think I pulled a muscle in my shoulder, but it was so worth it. I think it was the only genius I've had over the past seven months or so. So I had to call and share. Thanks. I love the show. Um, you're all doing a wonderful job. Bye. Yeah, I mean, you can you can put ice on the shoulder when you get back yeah. in bed and celebrate with some ice on the shoulder. I wish I, that you guys could have seen the shimmy that Biz yeah. was doing I was during doing this that, call like, because just it's just gonna, so appropriate. It's just a yeah. celebratory shimmy. Put a, put a boob in it. Yeah. <laughs> just put a boob in it, guys. So like, good. Because you know you're over the table. Yeah. And you right know there. there's there's like a moment you got to get the boob out unless you yeah. just have really are a, like you have a kid that has to eat all the time so you just fuck shirts right and you just that you gotta lower it get it yep in while yeah, five months old they can kind of help you but not really not a lot and so yeah. you're gonna be in a position and in the dark probably yeah uh, and you're changing the diaper yeah. i gotta tell you that is 100 percent not something that you share with anyone like without like you don't call your mom and you're not like or your dad and you're like guess what i did and you don't like like you tell your partner maybe but like you don't go to like a dinner party or like coffee yeah. with your friends like yeah. even even telling other like mom friends you might have might yeah. feel depending weird it depending. just depends yeah it's how you know who your real mom friends are yeah we are your real mom friends because yes. we uh, that is like next level and i love how you were so swiftly rewarded yes to like the fullest extent possible like not only did you solve the problem of waking up the other yeah. family members your baby went back to sleep and so did you oh i mean God, it's come on it's we too good love we love reward for yes. our actions yes you're doing an amazing job failures fail 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 you suck. Fail me, Teresa. So, I guess, whatever. But <laughs> I, so I can't remember if I talked about on the show that a few months ago, Jesse and I moved our bed and like bedroom stuff down to like the basement area and gave Gracie our bedroom like the the quote unquote master suite or whatever <laughs> because as people who've been listening to the show for a really long time know Gracie our nine-year-old used to share a room with her two younger siblings that got really crowded and she decided to move herself out and had moved under the staircase and had created a bedroom for herself there, which we helped her with and tried to make really nice. Yeah. But, you know, eventually 
it's not a bedroom and there's no door to close and there's like very little space down there and no privacy and the time just came where we were like this kid needs her own room and we were we were able to move our our bed down to the basement so we basically switched places with Gracie and because that has happened during like the pandemic and when our lives are totally crazy um it's that thing where you kind of just feel like when you have a new baby or like what I imagine it's like when you're like a medical resident and you're never home like you're just Mm. I'm just never in my new space like I'm just never there I don't I like I show up there to sleep and I show up (laughs) there to like grab clothes hurriedly and run to the shower or whatever and so I keep putting I, my hamper is in a new place and I keep putting my clothes at the end of the day into this hamper and completely forgetting <laughs> that it's there. Like it's 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 yeah. only a place where I put my clothes. I've never pulled laundry out to do from there. Like I just put the clothes there when I'm tired at the end of the night. And then when I'm doing laundry, I'm doing laundry from like other hampers in the house, like the right. kids hampers and whatever, <laughs> the, you know, the kitchen, kitchen laundry. And so a couple days ago, I'm like standing there looking at my, like where I keep my clothes, my clean clothes. And I'm looking, I'm like, where is all my stuff? Like why we've been doing laundry. Like why don't I have any of the shirts that I like to wear? Like where are my shorts? Where I know, like, come on. And then I was like, Oh, I haven't done laundry from my laundry Mm. in like a really long time. And I looked in the hamper and it was totally full with all my, all the stuff that I like to wear. All your favorite things. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. I like this idea of always doing laundry never stop oh yeah always doing laundry always but it laundry shark but it not having anything to do with you or your laundry and me not even noticing that but yeah that's just it you just don't even notice anymore because it's just always laundry yes yeah laundry shark laundry shark (laughs) that's right yeah no that is that is way to not take care of yourself even a little. Not yep. even not Fair even minimum. acknowledge yep. that you even live there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I continue to break things. Uh, okay. First of all, special shout out to Teresa, who gave Stefan her favorite bourbon glass. Yeah. And it had Stefan okay was so touched. Oh, okay. And Good. absolutely adores it oh good uh and we are he is a very happy person so thank okay, you good. that was such yes. a nice nice gift thank oh, you oh good i'm glad uh, so uh i broke it no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> nope ellis was having his remote learning and i was going to eat some food i was mm-hmm. gonna eat uh this yogurt that yeah. comes from Trader Joe's that's lemon flavored that's delicious. It's really for children, but whatever. Uh, and I was going to put some granola in it. And it's a treat because we don't ever go to Trader Joe's anymore because we limit our going out to shopping experiences. Mm-hmm. Anywho, little treat. I take it out of its container and I put it in a bowl. Put all my yummy granola in it. I'm going to have... It's like eating pudding. It's yeah, so full of sugar. And Ellis needed 
help finding something. So I'm walking to him. I come into view because we have a divider mm-hmm. that sits behind him so that the class doesn't watch mm-hmm. me exist. I come around the uh, the divider and the bowl of yogurt just flies from my hand. And it hits the corner of his desk and the door. And this is a full bowl of lemon yogurt. And it it breaks. It goes all over the door. It goes all over the floor. It goes all over the side of his desk. Luckily not on him or his desk. And Ellis's first question is, are you going to tell anybody that you did that? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I am. Is this your like one mistake for the day? Because we always talk about like, it's okay to oh, make mistakes. Everybody yeah. makes mistakes. And he's like, is this your big mistake for the day? And I was like, yes, Ellis, it is. So this is your big mistake for the day. And he wouldn't stop saying mistake over and over and over again uh, next to me as I'm down there trying to clean yeah. up fucking yogurt in front of like a bunch of first and second graders. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just wanted my yogurt. Yeah. And now my eight bowl set of wedding china is oh, down no. to seven. It's down oh, to seven. Guys, I'm our so wedding china is also our everyday china. But like, yeah, but still, still, it's... We're down. We can only now have seven people over when we're allowed to see people. So <laughs> not seven. Technically, it would be three people. We can have no no gatherings of more than three. Sorry, Teresa. You okay. can't come over. That's right. Yeah. Celebrate a food. Because Maybe we, we can have... send a representative. Oh, okay. From our Whichever family. one you want out of the house. Yeah. I hope it's yeah. you. Can yeah. come over and eat out of our bowls. Okay. I'm very sorry, though. <laughs> that really sucks. The, especially what suck. was in the bowl. Like, it's not just the breaking of the yeah. bowl. Like, cleaning yogurt is the worst. And also, that was supposed to be your... You probably didn't eat then. That was oh, your I did chance not eat to it. eat. No, so, I no, no. I know it. you didn't eat that. But, like, then you probably didn't even yeah. eat again until, like, two hours later or something. No, I, that, made a, I made a worse choice. Chance. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. trying to make a good choice. Yeah. And then I just replaced it with like candy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Hi, I'm calling with a fail. And this phone call was sparked by the newest episode that you guys just put out. Um, bad timing, I suppose, in this household. I am actually the primary breadwinner in our home. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to do most of my work from home. And then my husband is the primary caregiver for our toddler. And uh, but we still have that dynamic of like he goes to he goes to mom first. Um, and so what that means is that when I'm you know, in the back room trying to work and I hear all the parenting that's happening and then I'm like itching to do the parenting because it's such a bad habit. And anyway, the fail is that I, I, um, how did my husband say it? I parented over his shoulder or I, I backseat parented. Um, and I, I kind of lost it a little bit listening because he didn't want to go outside with the toddler. And it, I, you know, after processing, I'm realizing that it's really because I don't want to be working from home in a pandemic and I just wish I could go outside and play. Um, but I should probably not let that urge ruin, you know, my husband's parenting mojo. So anyway, 
I suck at <laughs> sitting in a back room and working from home, apparently. Blech. Pandemics are stupid. That is actually the fail in all this, is yeah. having to sit in a back room. Yeah. It's the worst of all worlds. Uh, yeah. It's to ha- you don't yeah. get a break and you still have to work. You don't get to have the fun part with your kids. Yep. You don't, you don't, it, it's, this actually is making me think of our rant from last week, actually. This is, with, yeah, I think this with is what inspired the woman who's her. like, husband is always there. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, none of us, it, we've been dealing with this in our house too, in different ways, just because you, even if you're not quote unquote on there, everybody's there. Yeah. There's no, it's so hard to compartmentalize and step away. <laughs> yeah. It, it, we're all just here all the time. I like that. <laughs> I like that you were, you referred to it as, that's just a bad habit. Parenting. Yeah. It's just a really it's horrible, a bad, bad habit. habit. I've got to stop wanting to, yeah. stop wanting to get involved with my children. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you get yeah. for being in a room in your house. That is truly unacceptable. Wanting to respond to your family. <laughs> Mom, I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Billy. In the middle of a pandemic where every day can feel the same. It's fun to spice it up and pretend like we're people in the world again and shave. (laughs) Meet Billy. You guys know Billy. We've been talking about Billy. They recreated everyday essentials by delivering premium razors and high-performing body care directly to you. No pink tax, no visit to the drugstore. You can get their starter kit at mybilly.com for just $9, which includes their award-winning razor, two refill blades, and my favorite part, the magnetic holder that keeps your razor safe and dry in between uses. Guys, I cannot express enough how thrilling it is to just reach up and take my razor off its little holder and like do the things, do my shaving business, and then stick it back on. Plus, it keeps it out of reach of little hands who want to be just like mommy. Get started by going to mybilly.com slash mother to get the best razor you will ever own. The best part, the starter kit is just $9 plus free shipping always. Go to mybilly.com slash mother spelled mybilly.com slash mother. Macho man to the top rope. The flying elbow, the cover. We've got a new champion! 
We're here with Macho Man Randy Savage after his big win to become the new world champion. What are you going to do now, Match? I'm going to go listen to the newest episode of the Tights and Fights podcast. Oh, yeah. Tell us more about this podcast. It's the podcast of power. Too sweet to be sour. Funky like a monkey. Woke discussions, man. And jokes about wrestlers' fashion choices. Myself excluded. Yeah. I can't wait to listen. Neither can I. You can find it Saturdays on Maximum Fun. Oh, yeah. Dig it. Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. I could get used to Teresa coming in and talking with me. (laughs) It's so nice to see Teresa. And now we're lucky enough to have her stick around for a mom having a breakdown. Hey, Ren, bad mother. This is a rant. I have realized this week that I think the thing that is making me most crazy during everyone being home time is the constant interruption. I think that my brain cannot function smoothly when I'm constantly being interrupted, and it's whether my kids are, even when they're not at home, they call me during the day for help with school, when they are here, they call me during the day if I'm downstairs and they're upstairs or whatever. And I just can't predict. I can't plan. I can't have a schedule in my mind of how my day is going to go. And then today, like during our lunch break even, I had picked up several pieces of trash off the floor. And as I'm walking to the trash can to throw them away, my high schooler is talking to me about a project that they're doing at school. And all of a sudden, my nine-year-old grabs me and is like, Mom, my leg, hold me, hold me, my leg hurts. And I have a handful of trash, and I'm just standing there with this handful of trash. And I'm like, I can't even walk to the trash can without being interrupted. I literally am now a human trash can because I am holding this trash with one hand and holding my child with the other. And my high schooler is still talking, and then I snapped at them, and I'm like, I can't talk to you about this project right now because your sister's leg is more important and then I have to go to the trash can, and then I will talk to you about your project. And I'm just losing my mind. Yesterday, I was going crazy, also at lunchtime, and I decided to meditate to clear my head from all the interruptions. And guess what I discovered when I finished meditating? My cat had peed on my bed. So even she is interrupting me, and I'm losing my freaking mind. Thank you for the show. I love you guys. You're doing a great job. Bye. Yes. I okay here here, here I am yeah. a human trash can yeah but I, that is so good but I also yeah. really like the priority order thing that came out of yeah. your mouth where you're like yeah you're gonna have to wait your and you explained siblings it. leg you explained it your your sister's yeah. leg is your, more important than more... your school project I've already sorted this out in my head yeah. and I'm gonna explain why but you're it's a not just that that's more important then I have to throw away this trash yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
then I have to throw away this trash and then I will listen yeah. Yeah. to yeah. your project. Yeah. Yeah, that noise, noise, yes. noise, 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 yeah, noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. Grinch who stole Christmas. The Grinch, yeah. It is. I just want to take all their baba baloos and bippity bops and throw them over the mountain is what I want to do. Yep. There'll be no interrupting in Whoville today. Yeah. Uh, They'd find a way. They would. Yeah. Like, Yahoo, Yahoo. Do you, I'm curious, Biz, <laughs> do you do the thing of like, like as you're being interrupted, so say mm-hmm. you're like what you're doing, what this caller was doing, and you're like walking across yeah. and you're throwing something away and somebody's, mom, can I, blah, 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 and you're walking away from them, yeah. but you just want so badly to complete this one mm-hmm. task before going back. So like, do you do the thing of like, I'm just like narrating yourself. Yeah. I'm just going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to. Then I'm going to hear what you like. Do you like talk through the that? narrating? Yeah. The is, narrating. There an, is there it another kinda, is there another option? Well, so I've been trying to do less. I've been trying yeah. to do less talking overall. Mm, I've been yeah. trying to do silent communications whenever possible. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry. So good. I just She's giving did me a the bunch of finger. obscene finger it's gestures. So good. Yeah. It's so good. It's my silent so communication. I do. I give myself yeah. that silent communication, like, privately. But yeah. I, like, I'll just look and make eye contact, give a thumbs up, show them what I have <laughs> in my hand, and then, like, uh, or or I'll just pretend like I'm not doing something else and just mm. let it come, let it come. Cause my kids do the thing where they both or all three of them will sometimes talk to me at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily notice that their sibling is right there also yeah. talking to me. So sometimes I just nod for everyone and I take turns looking around at everyone and letting <laughs> it all come at me, just letting it come because it doesn't yeah. matter. Sometimes, sometimes no. they just need to say a thing. So, mm-hmm, yep. Yes to that. Mm-hmm. Yes to that. I'm, he- I'm with you guys. Yep. Yeah. All of yeah. it. Cool. Wow. I'm going to try that. Sometimes I do it, but not on purpose. It's more of like a broken internal spirit where I'm like just wandering, not saying anything. Like, yeah. And they're like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. and I'm just like, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll just stop talking. <laughs> but of course, in this house, it's just an invitation. Is there more silence to fill? Yeah. Let yeah. me fill that silence yeah. with I've more. I've got more to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, listen, you are correct. There, it is too much interruption. It is too much coming at you all the time. You've identified a real critical piece of information, and that is, no, there's not a single thing you can do in your house that will not be interrupted. In fact, I think that should be a challenge for all of us. Let's keep a list going of things that did not get interrupted Uh during the day, and then maybe we can discover whatever it is yeah. And then only do that. Right. Right? Like, yeah. whatever or that maybe we is. Can, maybe we can, like, get scientific and figure out if there's, like, a time of day oh. where we're most likely to be able to do things without interruption. And then we can put all the stuff we really want to do into that time of day. Yeah. And I think to make sure that we are able to give all our attention to this scientific endeavor, uh-huh. 
we shouldn't stop doing all other things like meals, mm. yeah, yes. helping, helping, right, helping people in our house, right, any of it. Just yeah. stop. Mama's doing a Science. scientific experiment that can't be interrupted. It cannot be interrupted. <laughs> which, yeah, let's see, let's let's see that. It's like the quiet game. Let's play the quiet game. <laughs> You're doing. A wonderful job. Let me interrupt your day right now and tell you what a wonderful job you are doing. Teresa, you are also doing a wonderful job. And I will say it again, that is so nice to have you here for Genius Fails and Rants. It's a real pleasure to see you. Thanks, Biz. I am loving this, loving everything about it. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for all that you're doing. And I will... Look forward to seeing you next week. Oh, I'll I'll be here behind this divider. (laughs) (laughs) That was so nice to see Teresa. Now we're going to wrap up and order pizza. (laughs) Because I don't want to fucking cook anything tonight. Guys, what did we learn today? You know what? I was having, I will tell you. I, uh, perhaps it has gone unnoticed, but definitely the topics and the guests and the discussions we've been having on this show have definitely had a, we've always, guys, we, we all, One Bed Mother has always been a feminist show. I will say that while we always try to balance uh, the different topics and guests uh, that we have on. I have been completely comfortable having people on to talk about (laughs) the rights and the issues surrounding rights when it comes to women, regardless of color in this country. I was having a talk with a friend the other day and she was just expressing some like anger stuff. And I, I could tell that it wasn't something she was comfortable saying, you know, it's the old, like, Oh, I married a great guy, but you know, there's still these moments where he'll say stuff and I get so angry and now I'm going to apologize for my anger. And I just was like, how about we don't apologize for the anger? Uh, How about we instead say that from the beginning of time, and if you want to say that the beginning of time was in the very Garden of Eden, then from the beginning of time, women have been sold a shitty story. And that is important to know because it ties in and is connected with the shitty treatment of people of color, of people suffering religious persecution, of people, I mean, like, it's all, it's all layers. It's all tied together. And it's like the biggest knot of, like, jewelry, you know, that you pull out of some drawer. It's made up of several different pieces, like necklaces, and maybe like an earring and a bracelet, but it's all in one big knot. And you got it to get it all straightened out. You have to slowly peel apart, find where one begins, find where another one has crossed over it, find where another one has somehow made a knot. How is that even possible when no one touched it? And like, 
really began to unravel it. And um, I think given the, the pandemic and the unbalanced nature of work in our country, of family responsibility in our country, in how we label and identify women and their value based on their reproductive organs. And even within that, the labels and, you know, assumptions we make when we then add class, race, religion, and economics. It, it, we are tangled up in this big ball and we have to pull this apart. And I am just going to say, you know what? Anger is okay with me, guys. Anger is okay with me. And I look forward to having more of these discussions with, you know, people who have been able to start pulling at that chain. I guess my point is don't feel bad if you're feeling pissed right now. Okay. We also learned that it is always nice to have Teresa and her wonderful voice on this show. We have also learned that you guys are all doing an incredible job. It's like, it is so difficult to watch how uh, this pandemic and the sheltering in place has impacted our kids. It's hard to watch them not have the interaction with other kids to be able to just get out to the park and like hit a ball if they need to, to find ways to express their own frustration. And sometimes they are too young to even say they need to express it. It's really hard as a person with kids in your house right now. I'll just say it. And it is also uh, hard on us. So this is, it's not normal. It's not natural. This is not how we work as people. So I see you. If your kids have returned to in-class learning, good job. I see you. I see you with all the like baggage that comes with that right now and all the stress that can come with that and with all the relief that can come with that and how that's just a big gross sandwich. And for people who've got school-aged kids that are remote learning, I see you too because it's like looking in a mirror. And those of you who have children who are too young to go to school, oh my God, I see the shit out of you. You are all doing a great job. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. 
To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, fussing by, not blow down Mama's roof. Oh, said Daddy, baby, fussing by, not blow down Mama's roof. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.